Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. We're the hosts of the Places Where We Go podcast. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places in our own local backyard. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. We are back for our last episode on Zion National Park. We've spent a few episodes talking about our adventures in the park itself. Today we're going to talk about things you can do, a couple of ideas for things outside of the park. Some of those can actually even be things we've talked about on multiple podcasts ago. Bryce Canyon is just about an hour away, Kodachrome State Park, mm -hmm. Grand Staircase Escalante, but there's some nearby towns and we're going to go there in today's podcast. So during our time in Zion, we had a little bit of time to explore a town called Kanab. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. And we got clued into that from reading some touristy material that we came across somewhere during the time of our visit. So Kanab, Utah is a classic American West town surrounded by towering Navajo sandstone cliffs, vistas of sagebrush, and the scenery in this area lured filmmakers to the area for nearly 80 years. And one of the uh, claims to fame of Kanab is that it was one of these Western towns that was filmed in all kinds of movies and TV series, such as Stagecoach, The Lone Ranger, Death Valley Days, Gunsmoke, and many others. Kanab can also be an area that you use as a base camp when you visit Zion National Park as it has several dining options, lodging options. So if you don't want to stay in Zion Park itself, Kanab can be one of the nearby places that you otherwise stay at. But we ended up spending an afternoon visiting the town and stopped in a couple of tourist spots. We had past the one particular tourist spot called Moki Cave. Saw the signage. It has said it was a museum of ancient history. So it kind of caught our eye because we like ancient history and uh, seemed a little quirky, you know, mm -hmm. had this little quirky feel to it. And, you know, we like things that are kind of off the beaten path too. So we decided we're going to stop and we're going to take a quick look in this cave. And check it out. Yeah. So didn't know what to expect had no clue. Moki Cave is located in the scenic Highway 89, which is the highway we were on as we were entering into Kanab. And it's five and a half miles north of Kanab. The cave is also less than a mile away from Best Friends Animal Sanctuary. And I saw signage on that too when we were mm -hmm. driving down the highway, which is another big attraction in Kanab, in this little town of Kanab. They have a museum and a gift shop in the cave, and it's open during the summer seasons from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., Monday through Saturday. It has a pretty decent parking lot that can accommodate RVs, uh, not too many of them, but if you uh, wanted to go into 
either end of the long parking lot, you could probably put your RV kind of lengthwise. Yeah. I think if you were driving down the road and you happened to be in your rig and decided, hey, I want to stop there, you can actually do it while you're in transit. It's not a museum that's going to have a, a long time as you peruse all the uh, mm-hmm. different artifacts and mm-hmm. stuff. It was, it was small. It was quaint. It was nice. It was family owned. I liked it. It was, it was a nice little museum. It is advertised as a natural history museum featuring a lot of Native American artifacts and a huge amount of dinosaur tracks that were brought in from other areas. These artifacts weren't necessarily found in the area that the museum is at. They were brought in in many different areas Mm -hmm. by the gentleman that started this museum. Yeah, and a number of them, though, from parts of Utah. But also, I think it was like... I thought it was a lot from Utah, but... Also, some things from, like, parts of the world, I guess, huh? Some things, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, apparently he was a bit of a traveler. And And a collector. And things back. Of stuff. We'll tell you who he is in a moment. The word Moki is an ancient term, and it's commonly used to refer to the Hopi tribe of the Native Americas that inhabited the region, which now includes parts of Arizona and Utah. Since 1951, the cave has been owned by the Chamberlain family. Garth and Laura Chamberlain, the gentleman we were speaking about, and his wife Laura, originally purchased the cave and transformed it into a bar and dance hall. Very, very interesting. So when I first heard that and when we were in the cave and I think it was what, the sun? It was, was a son. Giving yeah. us the tour. Just because of, you know, when I think about Utah, I think about the Mormon culture, and I think about a culture that is not aligned with drinking and bar halls, et cetera. Yeah, that happened I, later. Yeah, then. so yeah. that struck me as a bit of a surprise. Yeah. But that's what, one of the things that they had in this facility. Yeah, it was very fascinating to walk in and see this long bar. I mean, it looked like it was set up. They were going to serve you a drink. I wanted to order a beer, (laughs) but they weren't serving. (laughs) Yeah. Garth had studied archaeology, paleontology, and geology when he was at Brigham Young University. And he was also a very well-known in the area football player for Brigham Young. He had a dream of owning and operating a museum because of these interests that he had. Mm -hmm. And he was a collector, so he wanted to show his collections to people. So today, the cave museum houses such a vast variety of artifacts from these dinosaur tracks to the Indian artifacts to some rocks that he had apparently gotten from other parts of the world rocks and minerals and yeah, yeah it was just i mean it's it's a very diverse type of collection there's a back room and you go into this back room and there's actually black lights the black lights allow these colors in these rocks to be shown mm-hmm. more magnificently so he's got this room that has uh, all these black lights on the rocks and some paintings that are done in fluorescent paint and it's just very unique So when Garth died, his son and his daughter-in-law took over the management. And that's the gentleman that we had spoken to Mm -hmm. when we had uh, entered in. Yeah, he gave us the introduction and the welcome to the facility. Yeah, very nice guy and super informative and really wanted to make this business, and it is a business for him, work. And also 
he was so proud of his father and you could see how he was so overwhelmingly proud of him and wanted to make sure that his father was well remembered and it was a very nice family orientated type of you know museum yeah he's paying tribute to to his dad and keeping Mm -hmm. the memory alive of his dad's dream so we arrived early afternoon and we did pay a fee of seven dollars to enter Mm -hmm. and i believe it was worth it i mean seven dollars yeah well we'll we'll talk about what we saw and then people can decide if they want to part with seven dollars for the experience of the Moki cave well yeah and i think we kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit whether we Mm. should go in because not knowing what to expect and then coming closer to it in inside that first initial room when you walk in i mean you kind of peer in and there just didn't seem to be there was wasn't a lot there yeah, I think see. initially we started, to, we took the first peek in and, yeah. and probably got the sense of this might be a little bit less than what we thought it might be, but there was still, you knew that there was going to be some kind of story here. So seven bucks, you know, the cost of a burger or something, we said, hey, we'll check it out. Yeah, why yeah, not? Yeah. So why don't you give us a little idea of what you saw as you first entered in and what your first impressions of the place? Yeah, so... As you mentioned, we were first greeted by Garth's son. He gave us a general introduction to the museum, a little bit of information about his father, and then told us that we were going to go through three different rooms. So there's three different areas that you visit when you're in Moqui Cave. And overall, it's a smallish kind of footprint, but each room does provide enough room for the displays of the various things you're going to see. And the first room that we walked into was what used to be a speakeasy. And I did mention that there was movies filmed in this broader area back Mm -hmm. in the day. You had people like John Wayne, Lex Barker, who played Tarzan, Clayton Moore, who played the Lone Ranger. And my understanding was during the time of the movie filming, apparently, I think people who worked on the movie sets in the probably the 30s and the 40s would spend time at this place that at the time, I believe, served alcohol Mm -hmm. and libations Mm -hmm. at this quote unquote speakeasy. Mm -hmm. And when you enter this room, thirsty. Yeah, the the bar area is preserved and you've just got, you know, if you kind of picture a bar that's surrounded with mementos of the famous actors and actresses of the day, there's artwork of Garth himself. Some of them are pictures of and paintings of the famous people. I think there was one that we saw there, like one that he did of Ronald Reagan even, was there not? Yeah, he did wood carvings and he did oils and he seemed to be touched a little bit in different types of forms of art. Yeah, so the bar itself, the, what do you call it? The bar stand, the bar table or the bar yeah but it's it's all it's all wood yeah but it has a very very western feel to it yeah and very lengthy yeah yeah very wood inspired art and surroundings and again just on the left side when you enter in you're seeing the memorabilia of the film industry that used to be in Kanab. so that's your first introduction when you walk into this room and then when you cast your gaze to the right hand side of the room that's where they have displayed 
the American Indian relics and you've got these glass cases that have all kinds of memorabilia that have been found, I think in the greater Utah area, but you've got spear points, arrowheads, stone balls that would have been used for games by the Indians, Indian tools, Indian pottery. They've even got artifacts that were brought in from the pre-Columbian era, some from Mexico. I believe there's over a thousand arrowheads on display. So if you enjoy viewing ancient Indian pottery, jugs, bowls, tools, there's lots of that here from the Anasazi, from the Navajo Indians. And this room is this kind of this mixture of the film industry that used to be in this area once upon a time, coupled with all kinds of mementos from American Indian and um, probably Central and South America. It's very eclectic. Indian tribes, it's, yeah. yeah it's oh, very okay. Eclectic, so yeah. that's a great word for the whole museum. The whole thing is very is eclectic. super eclectic, capital E, <laughs> quirky. <laughs> And it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. So there's another room that's beyond the first room. Mm-hmm. And the second room is, I had mentioned that he was also involved in collecting rocks. Yeah. He was a fledgling geologist on top of everything else. So this is the room where you have to kind of adjust your eyesight because you go from the lit room to the dark room. Yeah. And yeah. as you're going in, you, you'll see um, certain rocks very large rocks that have dinosaur tracks and the dinosaur tracks are a little bit darkened so you could you can see them and the only thing I didn't with the dinosaur tracks that I would have liked to have known more about what they could have possibly been oh what kind of dinosaurs yeah because yeah. they didn't seem to have that labeled or anything yeah but. I don't remember seeing that so then you walk into this very dark room that only has fluorescent light the fluorescent light is on some paintings and they were just very random you kind of thought they were trying to get a indian type of cave like look where they had come in and they had sketched their stories on the walls so they and- reminded me of and i might get the name of the retailer wrong but back in the 1970s we would go to the mall and i think there was a retailer called spencer's I'm not sure if the name is right, but this would be like the kind of store that would sell the lava lamps and all that kind of funky 70s stuff. I think there was stuff. a lava lamp there. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But they would sell the black lights and then they would sell those kind of paintings that you would put yeah. under the black lights. And the so velvet you, paintings? Yeah. yeah. So if you, were a, if you were a teenager in the 1970s listening to Led Zeppelin with the lights turned off in your room and some black lights going on and some other things, whatever, uh, this reminded that me... That wasn't you. You didn't do that. No, I was a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> I had friends. <laughs> You had friends too, Julie. I had friends yes, too. you did. Yes, I had friends, but I do vividly remember the black velvet with the fluorescent type paint on it. And when you turned out the lights and put a fluorescent, I mean, it literally glowed. I remember one specifically was Elvis Presley. Hmm. It was quite scary to yeah. me when I was a child. So we took our time in that room. We went around. We looked at all the rock displays and the mineral displays. And I like that. I mean, yeah, I just I know think it's really fascinating. You're into rocks. I am. Yeah. I am. 
little time there and then we came back out and before you left it was time for room number three yes you start heading out towards the front door and off to your right is the gift shop yes you can't have a museum without a proper gift that's shop that's right and that that's was the right. third room yes so, which is one of my favorite rooms in these type of things you know the I gift like, shop i love the gift shop yeah for me, room number three was a little bit of a disappointment because when we first entered, we were told that we we're going to see three rooms of museum-y stuff. And when I learned that room number three was basically the gift shop, I felt like I was missed out on a room of museum stuff. But I do agree. I mean, when I go to a museum, I do always enjoy going through the gift shop to see what stuff any museum has to sell about the museum that I visited. So you do have a chance to buy stuff at the gift shop. And they had a lot of stuff. They did. Uh, An eclectic collection. So much that I I couldn't take it all in. It was overwhelming. It was a lot, yeah. From jewelry to Indian-themed stuff, toys for the kitties. Mm -hmm. Magnets. Yeah, books, art with tchotchkes, Mm -hmm. chocolates and food, I think, too. Snacks, yeah. You name it, you probably are going to find something here. So very nice people, though they were very yeah, great very people. Nice. Yeah, so th- that's a bit of an overview. If you're in the area, you're probably going to see advertisements about Moqui Cave. So this is a bit of a high level overview of what it is. Again, it's going to cost you seven bucks to get inside and see what there is to see. We thought that seven bucks was okay for it. We, well, we spent like an hour at this place, yeah, roughly yeah, or so. Yeah, I, I thought it was well worth it. Yeah, and it's one of those, I put it in the category of quirky Americana roadside stops, and I always enjoy those. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you don't see probably in the town that you live in, so it, it's a chance to see something different. Mm-hmm. And when you're done with you know spending time hiking in Zion and you just want something different, this comes under the category of, mm-hmm. of different. So that was Mulkwe Cave. And after that, we hopped in the car, and continue driving down a little bit south into the actual town of Kanab and landed at a place called the Little Hollywood Movie Museum and Trading Post. And this is another thing that we read about on some tourist brochure mm-hmm. that we came across probably in one of the places we were staying. And I think it was advertised as having sets and memorabilia from the Wild West movies. And I love Westerns. I love that genre of film and TV shows. You've seen a lot more of the TV shows mm-hmm. than I have, but every mm-hmm. now and then I do like to curl up with a western movie so we popped in here to see what we were going to see and uh the first piece of good news was we didn't have to pay anything to get in here so this entrance was free i think they had a box for donations i believe they did we also walked through their store to get to the uh western theme area right so there was a, a store there that basically i think if i remember right it was mostly clothing clothing some shoes boots uh jewelry but we first made a beeline through the store and mm-hmm. hey, we want to see the museum stuff. So I guess before we describe that, what did you expect to see before we walked in here? I expected to see a fairly well-maintained Western set because we have seen these type of sets here in mm-hmm. California. Mm-hmm. So I expected more to see very well-maintained, bigger and a little more staffed. You know, that there was actually people that were going to, yeah, they're going to walk around and tell you about, you know, what this was and what this was and what this was. That's what I expected. And I expected, yeah, along the same lines, probably everything that you said, plus 
my expectation was that I, we were going to see things from very, very well-known TV shows, be it Gunsmoke, Bonanza, those types of shows, mm-hmm. and like the big Western movies. So we walked in, mm-hmm. and we were seeing, we saw sets, mm-hmm. or we saw remnants of sets. Yes, very. they were not maintained at all. I think they were just placed there, and nothing is really ever done to them. It was very weeded, very dusty. falling down yeah. parts of the set buildings. and. But the sets that were on display, and there were several, most of them, if not all of them, had... Uh, signage on them that told you what either TV show or movie, and I think they were mainly movies, Movies. the piece of Mm -hmm. the facade that you were looking at was a part of. And among the movies that are noted that they have memorabilia from include Sergeants 3, which featured the Rat Pack. I haven't seen that. Outlaw Josie Wales. Black Black Bart. I saw that. One Little Indian, did you see that? I think I did. See, I haven't seen any of those. But they even had sets kind of stuff from even more recent movies. One of those was John Carter of Mars. Yeah, I haven't seen that. And I think that was from the last maybe 10 years or so. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's fairly recent. So a lot of stuff was from probably the 1940s, 1950s, but they even had some more current stuff. Again, kind of a, a dusty type of experience, cobwebs, you know, because I kind of, you know, picture that. And so you make your way through these different things. On the one hand, this is the kind of place I do like to go to with the camera and just take photos. Yeah. It's fun for that. Right. You don't enter into any of these buildings. These are all facades. So you, yeah. you can't go in and there's a couple there, of... There's maybe two that you yeah. could walk into. Yeah, so but mostly they were just facades and you could peek in or something. Mm-hmm. But. Basically, you know, here you get a sense of the film industry that once upon a time had a foothold in this area. So I think 70, 80 years ago, this place would have been much more bustling with film crews and actors and actresses Mm -hmm. but that was once upon a time so this place is trying to do its part to preserve the memory of the films that used to be made here and today you can call up a lot of the the films and shows on streaming services we the other night we pulled up stagecoach and Mm -hmm. um if i ever saw that before i don't remember you know i have the world's worst movie memory <laughs> memory but we uh, spent the evening watching john wayne and i don't think i saw that stagecoach because that was filmed i think just south of Kanab. so that's one of the yeah. famous movies that was yeah. filmed in southern i think Utah. that's the first time that i've seen that particular movie stagecoach with john wayne yeah who's one of my favorite actors so so when you're in the area you may see some brochure some signage saying hey one of the things you could do is visit the little hollywood movie museum so that's a little sneak peek of what this is about you won't have to part with any money to see it but just know that when you come here set your expectations accordingly with the way that we described it to you now Getting ready for this episode, I hopped on the web and I learned an interesting piece of information that may impact if somebody will be able to see this place or not in the future. And that is that the Little Hollywood Museum is for sale. Oh. So what I saw on the web was it said after 10 years, it's time to move on 
and leave these historic movie sets in the hands of someone who loves Clint Eastwood's Outlaw Josie Wales and the very cool homestead set that forms the cornerstone of the movie set museum. So Mm. there's a rare opportunity to own the last piece of the mythical American West in this area. And if you're interested in being the owner of something like this, you could walk away with a 1.15 acre site that includes this homestead and facades that were even used at Kenny Loggins live at the Grand Canyon performance, the homestead from James Garner starring One Little Indian, and a whole bunch of other stuff, a 10,000 square foot gift shop, restaurant, and uh, there's even an area that supports an apartment. So somebody hopefully will take the opportunity to preserve a bit of the Western movie magic that is here. When you visit the area, you may or may not be able to visit the little hollywood movie museum it's there today it may not be there tomorrow and i think we've mentioned this in the past just on travels when you get a chance to see something do go see it because you never know what will be there tomorrow and that includes not only quirky things like this but we've come across in other episodes much more famous places that you would think that will be there forever and that's not even always the case with more well-known places Mm -hmm. so see them when you can yeah so a few fun facts There are other movies that were filmed in the area, particularly in Zion National Park, including The Deadwood Coach, which was way back in 1924. I wonder if that was a silent one. 24? Probably. Could be, huh? Arizona Bound in 27. Nevada was also in 27. Ramrod was in 47. And one of my favorite movies, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, that was filmed in 1969. I'm pretty sure I've not seen one of those movies. No, I haven't even seen Butch Cassidy. What? Unless I saw it and I don't remember, which <laughs> is possible. Wow. How about a few top tips, honey? Top tips. So if you're staying several days at or around Zion National Park, I would just recommend take an afternoon and explore one of the nearby towns. So Kanab is one of those, and we've described two things that are in or very near Kanab. There's even other things in Kanab. You've got the Kanab Heritage House Museum, the Kanab Visitor Center. If you want to extend your hiking experience outside of Zion, you've got the South Coyote Buttes, Coral Pink Sand Dune State Park, buckskin Hmm. gulch and i've seen photos of some of these on TripAdvisor, Mm -hmm. and they look like really really interesting so uh nice natural adventure extensions that you could do in Kanab. and i think on the last podcast we even talked about there's there's things to do in the town of springdale yeah which is on the southwest i think entrance of zion national park so You can spend a chunk of time in Zion itself Mm -hmm. doing the hikes, doing some of the epic things that you're going to experience there. But if you step outside of that area, even just about a half hour or so drive, you can soak up more adventures and more experiences to kind of round out your time in the area. And so I always like doing the extracurricular activities to the main attraction. Well, there's very nice things to do in these small little towns when you've possibly gone on your big major hike and you just, you want to do something that's a little more low key. Mm -hmm. So heading off to one of these old towns that are in the area can be relaxing. Mm -hmm. You can have fun with it, stop and have a little bite to eat and just make a nice day out of it. Yeah. 
So with that, this rounds out our recap of things we've done in Utah. So we, we spent quite a few episodes talking about things in and around Bryce Canyon National Park, Zion National Park. So hopefully this gives you some ideas to plan your future trips to the Zion area. And by now, I also think about, you know, the library is also filled with ideas in southern and western United Kingdom, England and Wales. So when you're thinking about future travels, give our podcast a thought and go listen to some of these past adventures because you never know, you know, when you might hear something that makes you think, hey, that sounds like something cool I would Mm -hmm. like to do. Or conversely, we might describe something that you can walk away and say, hey, I'm glad you did that, but I'm going to do something else. So So where are we off to next? I think next time we're going to we're going to go to California, Julie. We've got a few things to talk about in the state of California. So come on back in a couple of weeks and we're going to go as far west probably as we've ever been on the podcast Mm -hmm. and uh, very close to home for you and I. Mm -hmm. And with that, thanks for joining us on The Places Where We Go. Goodbye for now. If you have any comments or info to share with us about travel, you can write us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. Right now we're on Twitter and Instagram, both at The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at The Places Where We Go. See you next time. Bye now.